Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. I want to talk about, yeah, I teased a story yesterday about the number of non-white families that have started homeschooling. I want to play you some audio. This is, this is something. This is a mother in Rhode Island. She was sued for asking questions about her school curriculum. Yes, she was sued. I want you to listen to this. This is a, you know, I was going to play a, a, an abridged version of this clip and Charlie heard it. He's like, you need to play the whole thing. This is unreal. So, so here it is. Listen. My name is Nicole Solis, and I am a mother from Rhode Island who was sued by the teachers union simply because I wanted to know what my kindergartner would be learning in school. And here's how this happened. I asked to see the curriculum, and my school told me I had to submit a public records request. The curriculum wasn't posted online, and it wasn't available in a school district. Then I asked them if they were teaching gender theory, and they told me that they don't call children boys and girls, and they embed the values of gender identity into every classroom, including kindergarten, and they didn't want to answer any of my questions further. They told me that they would communicate with me only through public records requests, and that is the only way I could get my questions answered. And when I did submit the public records request that they told me to submit, and I submitted hundreds because I had hundreds of questions, my school board then put my name on the agenda of a public school board meeting and held a public school board meeting to discuss suing me for submitting the request that they told me to submit. In a five hour long school board meeting, they openly debated my moral character, my political motivations. They said that I was causing chaos, wreaking havoc, harming the district, harming children. One school board member even said she felt unsafe and started to cry because as you see, I'm really scary standing here <laughs> right now. And they really just tarred and feathered me for asking questions. And they had never met me before and this was the first school board meeting that I had ever been to in my life. They wanted to send a message to other parents that if you ask questions, they will come after you. Well, at the end of this meeting, they decided that they, they wouldn't sue me for asking questions because they never intended on actually suing me. They just wanted to publicly humiliate me in a school board meeting that was a show trial. And when that happened, then the teachers union, the largest teachers union in the country, the NEA, did file a lawsuit against me to bully me and harass me with frivolous litigation and to send a message to other parents that if you ask questions about public education, they will come after you. And I'm here so that this doesn't happen to any other parent in America. I'm still in litigation for almost two years with the teachers union. I still don't have my answers. But what I do know is that my school district and my teachers union didn't want to just hide the curriculum from me. They wanted to ruin my life just for asking for it. And I don't want that to happen to any other parent in America. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm at a loss for words on this. They made the parent go through FOIA requests, public records requests to get information. She filed over 100 getting information, and then they threatened to sue her. 
This is in Rhode Island where the school district was willing to admit that uh, they have rejected the idea of the gender binary, which is contrary to science itself, and they're indoctrinating kids. They're indoctrinating them. They're not educating them. CNN has a story out. More black families are choosing to homeschool their children, and they say it's a form of resistance. But it starts as so many of the stories start. Tracy York grew concerned about the quality of education her son received after his school moved to remote learning during the pandemic in 2020. York of Heightsville, Maryland, described her fourth grader Zoom classes as chaotic. It looked as if teachers had not been trained in virtual instruction. That summer, the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis sparked a national racial reckoning with only one black teacher at the school and none passed the fourth grade. York said to her son, Tice, who's now 13 years old, that he had no one he could relate to. There was a lot of mayhem. I never, I, I really realized I don't think this environment is healthy for my child. She decided to homeschool Tice and has done so for three years. She's put together a curriculum that meets his specific needs and can teach him about race and African-American history without the risk of politicians intervening. What's so funny is that she lives in Maryland and CNN wants to link this to Ron DeSantis in Florida. Literally, when it says, uh, without the risk of politicians intervening, it jumps to a... A link to Reverend Al Sharpton leads marchers opposed to Florida's rejection of AP African-American studies course. While homeschooling isn't new, advocates say a growing number of black parents are educating their children at home so they can exercise more control over what they're taught and how they're treated. Many made the switch to homeschooling during the pandemic, but interest is growing as a national debate over teaching systemic racism and black history in the classroom continue, advocates say. The number of black households homeschooling their children jumped from 3.3% at the start of the pandemic to 16.1% by the fall of that year. The number was the largest of any racial group. What's so interesting here? What What, what is so interesting is CNN in its biases, and I, I do think somewhat agenda-driven here in this reporting, is how they're trying to tie this shift in homeschooling to Ron DeSantis in Florida. They're highlighting parents outside of Florida and saying it's about Ron DeSantis. When actually what it is is about the COVID pandemic, parents across the board, red, yellow, black, and white, they got to watch their kids in Zoom calls with teachers and realize the crap education their kids were getting. They never had to deal with it before, and they got to see it firsthand, and that has caused all sorts of issues. And by the way, it is objectively for the better for the homeschool kids. They're now spending more time with mom and maybe even dad in some cases, and they're getting good education. And the parents are hands-on. Now, full disclosure, I will tell you, when we had the Zoom year, and it really wasn't even Zoom year for us. It was Zoom a couple of, like, three months of Zoom. My wife definitively realized she is never going to homeschool our kids. There was no way. 
Before my children were born, I told my wife's aunt that we would wind up having two children and we would name them after my wife's side of the family and we would name our children Stubborn and Ornery after my wife's family. Now, my wife's aunt got a a great good laugh out of it. My wife's father, not so much. My kids are two of the most hard-headed kids on planet Earth, and I promise you they get that from my wife's side of the family. Uh, (laughs) My wife trying to help my son do his homework, um, it was like, uh, it it, it was just, it it was like World War II play out around the kitchen table. Uh, Those two just, my gosh, stressful for both of them. Homeschooling's not for us. God bless the parents who it's for. God bless them. We've got some friends. There's a a homeschool community group where the kids can actually go, and, and a parent who's a chemist will teach the chemistry stuff, and a parent who's a physicist will teach the physics stuff, and a parent with an interest in history will teach the history stuff, and they kind of rotate around, and, and it's great, and the kids get a great education, and it's very hands-on, and the parents are distinctly involved. And one of the great things to come out of homeschooling right now out of the pandemic is how involved the parents are, but also how extreme some school boards have gotten. There is a really, really arrogant contention within a lot of the education establishment now that you are not cut up or cut out to teach your children, that you are not experts. The the left has embraced this credentialism that if you haven't gone to an education school to learn education, you can't teach your kids. Back to the CNN story. Some families say they chose to homeschool because they were living in majority white school districts and wanted to teach their children to have confidence in their black identity. Others expressed a desire to shield their children from the nation's polarizing racial climate. Sherry Mehta of Laurel, Maryland, said she first turned to homeschooling in 2020 to help her young son who wasn't doing well with remote learning as a kindergartner. Mehta said she also becoming concerned about her two kids facing a cultural gap or racism because they were not around teachers who looked like them in the school district. And she saw few black children included in the school's gifted program. With homeschooling, Meta said she and her husband can split the responsibilities of teaching different subjects, teaching the truth about black history and slavery, and can rely on co-op groups for hands-on learning such as woodworking. Meta said she doesn't want her children to experience the same racial trauma she experienced in public school. She recalled growing up in Richmond, Virginia and competing against sports teams with names like the Rebels and the Confederates. Carlos Birdsong of Charlotte, North Carolina, said he wanted his two daughters to have a greater sense of cultural identity amid the political divisiveness in the school. We moved here from South Carolina to this area because these public schools were supposed to be good. The charter schools in our area are mostly white. The private schools are white. They're really good schools, but they may not be the best fit because they're majority white. I don't care as much as CNN cares about the racial component and the racial framing. What I care about is these parents decided they need to be hands-on with their children's education. Some of you will have concerns. I can hear it out there. 
I can hear you yelling at the radio these concerns of these people are indoctrinating their children into Black Lives Matters and and turning them into racial radicals and the like. I can hear you, some of you, thinking that, giving CNN's framing. But are you aware that the left says the same thing about you and your homeschooling? You're turning your kid into Christ-fascist, Christian Nazis and the like. They say the same thing. Live and let live, I say. Live and let live. What ultimately is happening is these kids are probably getting a better education than they're getting in the public school system. And so they will be more productive members of society in the future. I think this is a great thing. I think this is fantastic. I think the trend lines here should be encouraged. Did you not hear that mother at the beginning of this hour? This woman, the school board, when she started asking about what they were talking about, what they were, were, were they indoctrinating their children and gender and the like, and they started admitting to their left-wing indoctrination, this mom, they threatened to sue her for asking questions, and then the teachers' union sued her for harassing teachers, for daring to ask questions about her kids' education. I don't know her circumstance. It doesn't appear she can homeschool her kids, but what if she could? How much better the experience would be for her and her children if she could move her children somewhere else? You know, here in Georgia, I've been been beating this drum for a while that our state legislature here needs to pass school choice reform. Republicans in the state Senate have killed it. It appears seven Republicans in the state Senate are refusing to support school choice in Georgia. Seven Republicans kills the legislation. They don't have enough votes to get it passed to go to the House. It's Republicans here in Georgia who are killing school choice. And because they're killing school choice, more and more parents are going to abandon the public schools and they're going to homeschool. And that collapse of the public school system in and of itself, that's a fine thing. The public school system needs as much competition as possible. Homeschool, private schools, charter schools, you name it. They need competition. They need it. And these parents, non-white parents embracing homeschooling, we all need to be encouraging them to do that. That's a good thing for the future of this country. Because homeschooling, private schooling, you're going to get a better education than most public schools out there. And the better educated workforce we have, the better we will be as a nation. So my kid has a queen-size bed. We've got a king-size bed. We got him Bull and Branch sheets, and he's used them. He had, like, kid sheets, and now he's old enough. He doesn't want the, the action figure sheets anymore. Well, we got lost because, I mean, the sheets look like our sheets, except they're queen-size sheets, and they got put in our closet, and the kid was in despair. We got him bowl and branch sheets. They've gotten softer and softer, and he's like, where are my real sheets? He refused to sleep until we found the real sheets because they're that soft. They're that good. They're made with a 100% organic cotton thread. They get softer in every wash. You can stay cozy all winter long with a set of bowl and branch sheets. They really are that good. We have them on multiple beds in our house. My goodness, my seriously, my kid, uh, he's finally like, my sheets are for kids. I'm I'm grown up now, and uh, it's just a, a step of quality above what he had, and now he's like, can't sleep without these sheets. They're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made without toxins. They're free of pesticides, formaldehyde, 
other chemicals. They fit the deepest mattress too, which I love because we have a very thick mattress on our bed and it fits. It doesn't like bunch up and then snap off in the middle of the night when you roll over. You can get 15% off your forced order Bowling Branch sheets when you use promo code Eric at BowlingBranch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. That's Bowling Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D Branch.com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Hi there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425 should you wish to be on the program. So I, I just, I you know, can we do better than Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates on our side? Matt Gates, the congressman from Florida the other day, took issue with American funding of Ukraine for the war. I don't really have a problem with you if you don't want to fund Ukraine uh, and the war there. I, I disagree with you, but I, but I get it. I understand concerns about funding the war in Ukraine. I do. Matt Gates, however, relied on an article that was actually from a communist Chinese propaganda newspaper. Can we not do better than citing the Chinese communists? Interestingly enough, there's a report out about how rapidly the uh, sentiment against China has shifted in Washington among both Republicans and Democrats. Both of the both parties now want to crack down on TikTok and want to crack down on the Chinese. And it comes in large part because the Chinese are going all in with the Russians on Ukraine. And it has taken the Chinese allying with the Russians in Ukraine and sending the Russians weapons to use in Ukraine that has finally uh, gotten everybody in Washington serious about dealing with them. Tom Cotton has spoken up on it as well. I want to talk about the China situation when we come back and play his audio. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, Across the nation, I just so happen to be, from Atlanta, Georgia, where it's just been rainy. I hope you got clear skies where you are. I see a little bit of blue peeking in outside the office, but... It's just rainy. At least it's washed away some of the pollen. Nonetheless, I digress. 877-973-7425 is the phone number. Should you wish to be on the program? There's a new media outlet with a weird name called Semaphore. Semaphore uh, started by Ben Smith. Ben Smith had worked at Politico. Then he went to the New York Times. Uh, Well, first he went to BuzzFeed. Then he went to the New York Times. Now he has started Semaphore, uh, claims he wants to take on crisis of trust in the news. One of the things that Semaphore does, which is I don't necessarily know um, that it's super useful, is it it gives you the, the kind of blurb of here's the who, what, where, when, why, and how. Now here's the reporter's take on it. And then here's the no more section, a little bit of deep dive, and then room for disagreement. Here's what other people say who may disagree. I, it's it's all kind of I, I don't I don't know that it, it's as smart as they think it is, and there aren't a lot of people citing Semaphore all the time. Like the top story right now: Charles Koch preps his industrial empire for a future without him. Uh, Coke Industries, which has been led since 1967 by Charles Koch, is laying the groundwork for a future less dependent both on the family name and the oil and gas that powered its rise. The company plans to name a new crop of executives, including a co-CEO to share power. 
they built a network of oil pipelines in Oklahoma and one of the largest private companies in the U.S. Dave Robertson, 61, who started as an asphalt salesman at Coke, later ran its energy and ag businesses, will be the CEO, co-CEO. Jim Hannon, 56, who oversaw the investment arm, will be its new president. That's great. Um, and then there's there's a there's another view and a room for disagreement and blah 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 blah. Um, that's fine. They want to do something different. They they say there's tri- a crisis of trust of the media. One of the things they're getting at is that reporters have biases. Might as well be transparent about the biases. And in being transparent about the biases, leave room for other people who might disagree. As long as you can be honest about who's disagreeing with you and things like that, that, that that's totally fine. There's a problem, though. This is from Chuck Ross at the Free Beacon. Semaphore, which is a popular media startup, has an interesting new partner in its quest to fix the crisis of trust in news a consortium of Chinese Communist Party front groups, soft on China business leaders, and one organization that calls itself a chamber of commerce led by the Communist Party of China. The online news outlet is partnering with the Center for China and Globalization for a China and Global Business Initiative that will launch in Beijing later this year. The center is part of China's United Front System, which the Communist Party uses to influence universities, think tanks, scholars, and journalists. Semaphore's initiative will bring together a number of CCP allies and Americans known for dovish views towards Beijing, among them John Thornton a prominent Brookings institution donor with long-standing ties to Chinese government officials. Semaphore's ambitious new initiative calls into question its claim to be a global news platform whose goal is addressing the crisis of trust in news. Media watchdogs have long been concerned about corporate and foreign influence on American news organizations, particularly with China's aggressive attempt to influence American news outlets. The New York Times and Washington Post have ended advertising deals with Chinese state-run media outlets over the optics of those relationships. Ben Smith, co-founder of Semaphore and a former BuzzFeed editor, says the China initiative is aimed at counterbalancing hawkish views in Washington towards China. With an advisory board that represents a diversity of opinion on the topic of U.S.-China relations. But a glance at the advisory board's members caused that claim into question as well. Wang Yao, the founder of the Center for China and Globalization, is a Chinese government advisor and official at organizations that help develop China's controversial Thousand Talents program, which the FBI says uses to steal trade secrets. Chen Deming, a former Chinese Minister of Commerce and advisory board member, has been a Chinese Communist Party member since 1974. Another advisor is former Chinese ambassador Chu Tenkai, who in the diplomatic role defended Beijing's human rights record. He dismissed concerns about China's oppression of Uyghur Muslims, saying China was merely trying to re-educate them. Other Chinese advisory board members include the chairman of the All-China Federation of Industry and Commerce, the China Public Diplomacy Association, both of which are uh, tied to the Chinese Communist Party's United Front Work Department. The Guardian reported the China Public Diplomacy Association organizes training sessions where former foreign reporters are schooled not just on China but on its view of journalism. 
The All-China Federation of Industry and Commerce describes itself as a mass organization and chamber of commerce led by the Chinese Communist Party. On the American side are business leaders, academicians, and former diplomats known for supporting China. Jessica Chin Weiss, a former Biden State Department official, has criticized the U.S. obsession with China. John Thornton, the namesake of the Brookings Institute's China Center, chairs the Silk Road Finance Corporation, a Chinese Communist Party-backed investment fund that develops projects for Beijing's controversial Belt and Road Initiative. So, Semaphore, brand new media outlet, is essentially becoming an arm of the Chinese Communist Party because in the words of Ben Smith, the co-founder, the China initiative is aimed at counterbalancing the hawkish views in Washington. Should we not have hawkish views on China right now? This is what the Chinese have done for a long time. They have uh, embedded and infiltrated media organizations around the world to try to get favorable uh, coverage of China. They take advantage of this sentiment by people like Ben Smith that we're being too nasty to the Chinese. The Chinese are running concentration camps. You could imagine uh, Ben Smith hiring a, a, a in the 1930s. Uh, we've got this hawkish view on Germany. Maybe we need to hire a bunch of, of Herr Hitler's advisors to come be on a on an advisory board to counterbalance the hawkishness of the United States towards Germany in the 1930s. That's essentially what's going on here. The Germans were running the concentration camps. The Chinese are running the concentration camps, and Ben Smith's like, "Oh, we got to counterbalance the hawks." This is discrediting of the whole effort of Semaphore. This is completely discrediting. This is Tom Cotton, senator from Arkansas. First off, I want to commend Governor Yunkin for a bold decision to uh, refuse siding in Virginia. You know, the Democrats' reckless tax and spending package last year was designed to try to get America producing the minerals we need and the technology we need for such uh, things as batteries for cars or uh, other critical rare earth elements and related technologies. It wasn't designed to allow American companies like Ford to simply do it, go into joint ventures with Chinese companies here in America to take advantage of it. That's a failure of the Biden administration, the Democrats in Congress, who wrote a law and regulations that allow it. Yeah. You're right about the further point, too, is that there, there's a vast network of what I call the China lobby. And many of them aren't even intentionally uh, shilling for the Chinese communists, but their economic interests are so deeply entwined uh, that they are very sensitive to any political steps to hold Chinese communists accountable. We have to expose the China, China lobby and stop it. We have to expose the China lobby and stop it. Start with Semaphore. This is a terrible idea, but it's not just them. The Chinese have been spreading money around for a very long time. Well, let me just put this in greater perspective for you. Disney is going to release a new version of Peter Pan called Peter Pan and Wendy. It does has it's all it's got all the diversity quotas check marked in white, black, male, female. Here, here's one of the things Disney misses. When you read the original Peter Pan, 
The Lost Boys are boys for a reason. Peter Pan is a deeply feminist work. Wendy provides not just a, a mother role for the Lost Boys, she provides order, where Peter Pan provides chaos. Uh, Jay, was it uh, Barry, the, the author of Peter Pan, said the reason the Lost Boys are all boys and not girls is that girls would be far too smart to lose their families. Only the boys would be dumb enough to lose their families. So to have the girls in this Peter Pan version uh, be part of the Lost Boys is to disrespect the feminist work that actually was Peter Pan. And I'm not making that up. It was a very pro-woman, pro-girl story where the author uh, very insistent that the Lost Boys were boys because only boys would be dumb enough to lose their families. Girls would never do that. And it took Wendy, the girl Wendy, coming back to provide a level of order to not just mother them, but to provide order out of the chaos. And so Disney doesn't care about the background, doesn't care about the, the feminism of, of the original, doesn't care about the pro-girl original story because it wants to check all the diversity boxes. It wants to check all the racial diversity boxes. It wants to check the international intersectional boxes. They would never do that to Mulan. They wouldn't want to alienate the Chinese. Diversity only goes in one way. They would never do that to Milan because Disney doesn't want to hack off the Chinese. The National Basketball Association wants to lecture us on civil rights and social justice, but won't say anything about the Chinese running concentration camps with the Uyghur Muslims. Apple wants to lecture us on social responsibility and civic obligations. Apple turns a blind eye towards China because it makes so much of its product in China. If Apple were to say anything, China would shut down its supply lines. And here comes a media outlet, Semaphore. Brand new media outlet and decides it wants to put on uh, a panel, a bunch of pro-China sympathizers and Chinese Communist Party members some of whom are directly involved in the re-education of the Uyghurs in their concentration camps and say, we want to counterbalance the hawkishness of Washington on China. They want Chinese money. This is what's happening. So many of these entities and organizations, they want China's money. That's what it really is. They think China's got a lot of money in a lot of these, and, and maybe Ben Smith is one of them. He kind of thinks, well, this next century is going to be China's century. It's going to be China's time, and we better start sucking up to the Chinese communists now so that we can be protected. There, there's a very Animal Farm-esque relation here when it comes to China. And you got a new media outlet in this country deciding that it wants to counterbalance hawkishness. You know that where the hawkishness comes from in the United States right now? I've mentioned it earlier. It is because China has decided to go all in with Russia in Ukraine. The Chinese and the Russians want to build a new world order that takes on the Western world order where might is right and the Chinese communist corruption reigns supreme. That's why we actually have to stand with Ukraine and fight against the Russians because despite everybody taking him out of context, Vladimir Zelensky is right. If Russia wins in Ukraine, it's going to start moving into NATO territory and your sons and daughters will be recruited to go fight Russia then. 
I don't want my kid going and dying in Europe for a European campaign against the Russians and the Chinese. So I would prefer we fund the Ukrainians and let them handle Russia. And I would prefer you be mindful of the fact that you have this organization called Semaphore that is willfully, openly working with the Chinese Communist Party in what its editor says is a counterbalancing of Washington hawkishness against China. Deserved hawkishness. And he wants to work with Chinese Communist propagandists to counterbalance that. I think you can take Semaphore off any sort of list of groups you want to read or have anything to do with. They're just going to give you the Chinese Communist propaganda. Now, I just, I'm sorry, that, that makes my blood pressure go up. The, an American media outlet counterbalancing Washington hawkishness by putting a bunch of Chinese communists on the payroll. Let's clear the air. Let's talk about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. That'll, that'll, that'll move me on. I, you know, as a matter of fact, um, I got an email the other day from a listener who was very upset with me for advertising the Eden Pure Thunderstorm because it's made in China. Uh, he says, and you know what? Almost everything you buy these days is because of the reasonable prices. And it's something we as a nation have to deal with. But I don't think I should punish a company or you should punish a company because it wanted to provide a superior product at a reasonable price. And because of policies in this country can't build and manufacture effectively and cost effectively in this country. I'm not going to punish a company for doing what's best for its customers by providing a low price for a great product. And the Eden Pure Thunderstorm is a great product at a low price. You can get three of them at EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code ERIC on the front of their website, E-R-I-C-K. One of them for upstairs, one of them for downstairs, one of them for your RV, your tent, your your basement, your, your travel bag like me. They eliminate bad odors. They eliminate smoke odors, litter box odors, pet odors, cooking odors, musty odors. I travel with mine in case I'm in a hotel room and someone's been smoking in it and it stinks. I can fire up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm and it takes out those odors. You can get three of them for less than $200. You can hold it in your hand. You can plug it in in a car with a USB outlet or plug it directly into the wall. It is EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is just Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Hi there. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. Across the nation, this hour of the program is brought to you by my friends at First Liberty Building Alone. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the early 1990s. They want to help your business grow. What you can do is reach out to the Frost family at firstlibertyga.com and see if they can help you. If you're buying a building, building a building, growing a franchise, buying a franchise, buying out the competitor or business partner, that's the deals they specialize in, $750,000 deals and higher. They might be able to help you anywhere in the nation. They can help your business. Reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com. You know, I want to circle back to something that I've said because this has happened more than once. Somebody very angrily emails me, I can't believe you'd endorse this product because it's made in China and you talk about China all the time. Calm down, Boomer. You know, so much of what we in this country buy these days and make or in China, if you got any sort of electronic device, it's probably manufactured in China. I'm looking right now. I've got a I've got a Sony camera. It's a Japanese country, but it is uh, produced the camera body in China. I've got uh, my MacBook Pro, my iPhone, two Mac monitors, a Sony TV behind me. All of them are made in China, even if they're not Chinese companies, because China has cornered the market on cheap production of goods. I don't like it any more than you do, but I'm not going to tell a company, oh, I'm not doing business with you. I'm going to go pay five times more for an inferior product because it's made in Dubuque. No, 
I'm not going to punish my family, my business for buying something that's five times as expensive and might not be as good a quality. We really just hurt ourselves in this country years ago when we outsourced so much. But why did we? We did it because we could build things cheaper elsewhere. I think we need to start, instead of boycotting China, we need to do like an ally cut. We, we need to, to uh, ally with countries like India and start building there. We need to work with our partners and allies and say, we're not going to do manufacturing in China anymore. We're going to use our resources to help you set up the supply chain so we can make all these projects and products here or, or wherever whether it's India or, or Mexico, let, let's finally invade Mexico, take out the drug cartels and set up shop there to provide uh, good, great jobs there. These are real things we have to think about. But trying to go cold turkey from China is, uh, if you're rich, I guess you can do it. But for most people, you can't. And I'm not going to condemn someone for making a product in China or buying a product in China. It's the necessity of the 21st century that we should change, but we're not going to overnight. So deal with it.